This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Right, my family, welcome to the show. It is the Yellow Mic. My name is TC, taking you through this evening until 8 p.m. Now, please bear in mind that uh, we have lots in store um, this evening looking at... uh, um, uh, talking to Umbali, um, Baliwagwa Kuzwayo is going to be joining us um, once again this week, uh, talking about a very important uh, subject, which is, of course, you know, the cultural element and the cultural stigmas that are attached to mental health um, issues and illnesses uh, such as anxiety and um, depression disorder. And uh, we also have a special guest as well, um, who is uh, goes by the name of Shifra, um, and she is from the Counseling Hub based here in Cape Town in the Woodstock area, so Southern Suburb CBD. Um, and uh, the Counseling Hub is uh, a, a very affordable way of uh, getting the community uh, to really address their mental um, issues and uh, really to uh, assess mental health, um, also to give to give access to people because the problem sometimes lies in um, the, the inability for people to access a mental health services. So the Counseling Hub has made it easier. They started, I think, around about 20, 18 um and they're still going strong and uh shifra is the coordinator there um Mbali Kuzwaya, we know her as uh, a registered counselor and someone that's very passionate about emotional well-being and uh, she's joining us again and this time around we are speaking about what are some of the cultural stigmas around mental health and what can we do in order for us to um you know heal from those uh, cultural um, stigmas and also to move forward and get the healing that uh, one needs. Um, So that's what's happening here on the Yellow Mic with your girl, TC. All things new, Johan Brits coming your way. I believe in Jesus Christ, uh, says uh, um, uh, Johan Brits. Family, welcome to it. As I did say, um, what is coming up next is our conversation. And today, for those that didn't know, is uh, World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, It is an awareness day which is observed today, 10th of September Uh, well every single year and every year in order to provide worldwide commitment to action to prevent suicides um, with various activities around the world Um, so yes that's where we are family we know that mental health is something that sometimes is taboo to speak about a lot of us uh, don't really understand what it is all about and how one can help uh, those around them that maybe do suffer from mental health illnesses and I think it is important for us to have uh, such conversations it's important for us um, you know to be open about uh, mental health um, so that to allow the healing to happen you know sometimes when you are around people that uh, don't really understand what you're going through um, you sort of feel isolated you feel like nobody understands and uh, you end up not getting the assistance and the help that you truly um, need and the help that you truly deserve so um, that's why we're opening the doors to such conversations if you yourself are maybe someone that has uh, suffered from mental health issues before or you are currently on the road to recovery or it has uh, it's been something that's taboo for you that's never spoken about but maybe you've felt certain things please do contact us on 08 
0817291657. That is 0817291657. All things mental health. That's where we are right now. In your presence, uh, Benjamin Dube coming your way. And then we're going to have our conversation with um, Umbali Kuzwayo, um, who's speaking to us about uh, the cultural element, you know, when it comes to mental health issues. Um, how do we get rid of the stigma, the cultural stigmas which are attached to mental health? Um, you know, I know that uh, in certain cultures, um, you know, people are taken um, you know, to traditional healers, if maybe they have certain symptoms, um, and uh, sometimes that doesn't work, you know, and that uh, we're not um, sort of b- bad mouthing anyone or their choice, um, but I think it is important for us to find healing, um, you know, the way, the right way, you know, whether it is Western medicine, um, then so be it, or if it is uh, seeking counsel, um, because sometimes I think the main thing is really just to offload and to be able to speak to somebody about the things that are happening in your mind, the triggers, the traumas, and all of that, because we are human, we go through things that are painful, and uh, sometimes there's no one to speak about. Um, those things too and we hold those things in or we carry other people's burdens as well that in itself is also something else which is a trauma but we'll speak more about that uh, shortly it is 16 minutes past 7 right now shortly we'll be speaking to Mbali Kuzwai only Jesus casting crowns bring us straight to 21 minutes past 7. And on the line with me, I do have Umbali Kuzwayo, um, as we know her as a registered counsellor and uh, someone that is passionate about emotional well-being, ensuring that we all um, uh, get our emotional well-being um, uh, tops. Um, Bali, how are you this evening? I'm good, thanks, Cece. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week um, as uh, we are speaking about a very important uh, subject um, as we did last week. You know, last week we were just sort of starting the conversation about mental health, uh, anxiety and depression. But this week, um, taking it a little bit further and uh, looking at uh, what are some of the cultural stigmas around mental health. Um I think it's important for us to have this conversation um, because, uh, you know, coming from different backgrounds, uh, um, people have different cultures. And uh, um, with, when it comes to mental health, it's sort of dealt with in different ways. So yeah. I guess that's why we're having this conversation. Bali, maybe you can start off just by introducing yourself for those that uh, uh, missed our conversation last week. I am Bali Kuzaya, a registered counselor and founder of Serene Therapy, which is an online counseling platform. And I am based in Cape Town and offer my services online via virtual experience. Mm-hmm. Very um, interesting indeed. And uh, someone that you can tell that is very passionate about the work that she does. So, Mbali, we're going to go straight into our conversation for today, which is, of course, looking at the cultural um, aspect and uh, the stigmas around um, mental health, you know, when it comes to culture. So, firstly, how does culture influence how people describe and feel about their mental health illnesses or mental health um, um, issues? Yeah. Well, description, I mean, if somebody 
from, if I can say, a staunch or very strong cultural background, description becomes hard because the idea of suffering from a mental illness can be seen as a bizarre phenomenon. It's very unheard of and it's not yet normalized. Um, however, when it comes to the actual feelings, most of the time, most of the time, those feelings therefore then become suppressed. You know, they 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 are ignored, um, and they are something that we some very often assume is due to something else, either than the actual thing or situation or, or illness that we're actually dealing with. Mm. Mm, I get you definitely. Um, and then looking at uh, culture, you know, and how do cultural factors take away from community support and pretty much the support that one that is living um, or has been diagnosed with a mental illness um, needs? Yeah. I think, in, you know, when we're speaking of in a community, we all know the saying it takes, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, if we're speaking of then it depends on what community you come from, right? Because if you're coming from a supportive um, community that's very helpful, it's more often than not, it's actually more beneficial um, than it would be detrimental to be living with a mental condition, depending obviously on, again, the, the type of community that you're in um, and possibly the severity of your condition as well. Um, and so if, if we're dealing with, a not so chronic diagnosis, um, very often it's easy to go about your state of being, sometimes even unnoticed, because there's destruction and there's and there's, there's a sufficient support that you may need, um, not realizing that you know it then gives you that time um, to focus on other things that are more important or, or to be distracted enough to not actually even realize that you're dealing with a mental condition because there's so many other things and activities around you that are actually taking place. Yeah, definitely true because, um, you know, there's just a lot happening around yeah. you, like you're saying. And sometimes you might not even be able to pinpoint, like, okay, this is actually what's happening with me and I'm not dealing because of, uh, you know, because I have anxiety or I'm suffering from depression. Um yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very often that like we notice what is happening with us when when things become quieter. Yes. Why, as we touched on last week as well, that that it's not as if these issues did not exist. Mm. Um, it's only that we're now being forced into spaces that are unfamiliar and forced to um, try new things and and not in our daily routines that we are forced into listen to our actual emotions. Mm. I love that you know forced to. Um, your actual emotions and to listen and to understand what's going on. Um, yeah. Then when searching for mental health treatment, how do cultural factors hinder one from getting the treatment that they should be getting, you know, um, sort of Western meds versus um, <laughs> traditional medication and also looking at the element of, 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 of uh, searching for counsel? I think, as you touched on Western and traditional meds, it's, it's honestly a matter of who you trust, to be very honest, because some cultural, some cultures um, are very happy to go as far and only as far as a traditional healer or a isangoma um, or an elder um, to, to guide them in their path and their journey. And that's, that's as far as a consult may go. Others 
may only also go as far as a GP, when in actual fact the best treatment if we're talking about mental illness um, is usually through the intervention of a psychiatrist, which would then intervene and assist in terms of even finding the correct dose, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, and one really needs to discover what works for them depending on what their needs are or what their detriments are um, to help boost where, where it's needed because our reactions are also not the same. So it, it plays a big role. And sometimes, you know, one can be at a loss if they don't believe in, in Western medication um, or, or are willing to give it a try. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's about being open-minded, you know, when you are looking for healing and yeah. when you have realized that, okay, there is a problem um, and uh, I need help, you know. Um, yeah. Then, uh, obviously, you are an advocate for, for, you know, going out there, getting the therapy that one needs. Um, tell us sure. more about that, you know, the importance of that. And, you know, some of us didn't grow up, uh, you know, in... in, in um, and sort of environments where it was open, you know, therapy was something that was spoken about um, at the yeah. dinner table, you know, it, you know, we don't speak about those things, you just go on. <laughs> so what is the importance of, um, uh, you know, searching and getting um, counseling or therapy? I think it's very important, but, with, you know, whilst respecting people's cultures, we need to understand that you know, historically, it's something, again, that is very uncommon and very unfamiliar and not so normalized. Um, there are certain cultures and certain races um, that are raised to be resilient in, in all their acts of life. So to then come and allow yourself or even speak of such vulnerability or quote-unquote issues, um, it becomes very tricky. And again, if it's something you haven't experienced or seen happen from, from your upbringing, you kind of don't know where you start, right? Because then you become the first person to, to start questioning what is going on. Mm. So I think, I mean, one can only be hopeful that, you know, the more educated and the more we normalize um, mental illness and mental health and, and emotions and speaking about our emotions, the more the closer we are likely to get to, to speaking about it and finding the help that we need. Mm, absolutely mm. absolutely Mbali Kozaya we're going to end it there for today um, uh, also please do share your details again where people can reach you if uh, they would like to interact with you um, a little bit more and maybe take up uh, your services sure thank you so much for having me again this week um, I am available on my platforms are on Facebook and Instagram Serene Therapy and my contact details are all there um for my email, just quick one, it is mbali at serenetherapy.online. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mbali Kuzwayo, our registered counsellor. Um, we do look forward to having more of these uh, um, uh, chats because they're very important to our society and our general well-being. Thank you. Thank you. Right, my family, we're going to be moving on swiftly. Thank you so much to Mbali um, from Serene Therapy. She runs her own online um, sort of therapy um, sessions where you can uh, have a therapy session online. Um, so I would really encourage us, uh, if you do feel that you do need to speak to someone, um, that there is something that's hurting you, that's paining you, and you do feel that mm, I might actually um, be suffering from depression, from anxiety, um, speak to someone. 
around you. Find out, uh, you know, what are the treatments that are available. Um, perhaps you just need to speak to someone or you actually need uh, medication. Um, because we do understand that also um, it is about a chemical imbalance as well. That's why I feel in love with you, Lebu L. Tisane. That's why I fell in love with you, Lebu Al Disane, um, bringing us straight to our conversation with Shifra from the Counseling Hub, based here in Cape Town, uh, South Africa. Um, Shifra, how are you this evening? Uh, we are so sorry to keep you up late <laughs> because of this very important conversation that we want to have. Yes, thank you. No, I'm fine, doing well. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, uh, I think, Shifra, the first things, first things first, I think you should introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about the Counseling Hub and then we can get to the conversation for today. Okay, so the Counseling Hub, when we didn't have COVID-19, was is based in Woodstock and it was set up about a year and three quarters now as an accessible and affordable mental health center and a learning center. Mm. And we just felt that mental health is something that is not accessible to most of our population. Mm. Like private health care, mental health care is very expensive. And in the public sector, they're long queues and it takes forever. So... We, only, we charge 50 rand a session and we offer short-term intervention and we call it talk therapy. Now, we, as soon as COVID came, we pivoted to telecounseling and we have about 100 clients a week and we have about 36 volunteers. Myself and one other person are the only people employed. Otherwise, it's complete volunteer service. Wow, wow, fantastic, fantastic. Indeed, um, I think, uh, like you said in the beginning, that mental health um, is something that is very expensive. You know, if one thinks, oh, therapy, you know, already you're just looking at the dollar signs and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, things are not looking great. But I mean, to have an alternative that is uh, accessible to the community and to everyone that, uh, you know, needs the assistance is absolutely incredible and we commend the counseling hub for doing that and you know we clap hands because it's really something worth worthy to be celebrated um today is uh, the day that uh, um has uh, been deemed as uh, the world suicide prevention day um which is pretty much an awareness day um and every year on the 10th of september this day is observed um, in order to provide worldwide commitment and action to prevent suicides. Now, when we speak suicide, <laughs> um, yes. what are some of the stigmas which are attached to suicide, um, would you say, um, Shifra? Well, I think, I think it's, first of all, it's very important to understand that even the fact that we're talking about it, is is fantastic because it is a big preventative measure simply by breaking the stigma and the taboo and now forgotten question you asked me. But um, I think suicidality is is a subject that involves three aspects. Suicidal ideation, in other words, thinking or cognitively thinking 
about dying and and being involved in your own death, then developing suicide plans, and then obviously suicide attempts. So we find that people, particularly at the moment, um, with COVID and with uncertainty and the economic fragility and mental and physical health, you know, people are really struggling. They feel trapped. They feel helpless. They feel there's not a solution to their problems. But one solution is talking about it. And yet there has been such terrible stigma. And in a lot of our cultures and religions, you know, you, you, you won't, you're not allowed to get buried in the cemetery. It's seen as a crime, committing suicide. We've even changed the language over the years, and we say, you know, died from suicide or death by suicide. I don't want to just keep speaking, so interrupt mm. me, please. I get it. I understand. I understand. I love that you've sort of, you know, broken it down for us. Um, I think that's very important uh, just to have that breakdown of suicide. Like, what does it mean if we talk about this day and, you know, being aware of a suicide? Now, when, at what point, like you said, okay, suicide is, you broke it down. But then at what point can um, friends, family, community intervene in someone that is in a state of, you know, wanting um, to take their own life? Um, how do yeah. we know um, that mm, this one is suicidal? You know, there are many people, I mean, yeah. I can even go into my own family where people are facing, you know, um, moments of despair and times of despair and say, I'd rather die um, or yeah. I'm, I'm going to kill myself now because I've just lost my job. Um you know, what do we do? How do we save this person from not doing what they want to do? Right. I think, you, you, you know, you've said it very well. And I think that is, that is one of our biggest um, baffling situations. Of course, we can intervene. And, you know, most individuals who die by suicide have communicated their intent to others, to close family or friends. Um, and there are risk factors that I can give you and we can identify. But obviously, um, you know, intervening and, and distracting the person from their very, very intolerable feelings by, you know, even something like a walk or encouraging them to talk about it, find out, interrogate, find out if they have plans, find out if they've ever attempted, make these things open so that that person can feel not, you know, not so much shame, not so much disgrace, but that they're actually being given attention around it. I don't think we can, there are risk factors that identify, you know, once the, you know, people that have experienced mental illness for years, numerous failed attempts, um, single people living alone, not to stigmatize single people living alone, you know, access to lethal means like medication, drugs, substance use, previous suicide attempts, impulsivity. So we don't ever really know. We can medicate, we can send to emergency care, 
um, we can suggest therapy. I think the reality is that statistically we know that suicide is a reality. We must do everything to try and prevent it. Can we ever save anyone from suicide? Yes, we can. Not always. How does the person feel who hasn't managed to save this person from death by suicide? You know, then we've got to worry about that person because the kind of guilt and shame they're going to feel. So it's a discussion that we haven't had enough of. Mm. You know, we're afraid. We're afraid to talk about it. It's taboo. There's a stigma attached to it. Um, it's almost, it is criminalized. It's not seen as a viable choice. And for those of us that enjoy living or have days when we have even thought about, you know, bad days where we thought about death, we might have coping mechanisms. We might mm. have friends and community or faith-based spaces that we can go to and we know we can share it with people and they're not going to say we're crazy or, you know, take us directly to the hospital. So it isn't a black and white situation. Mm. It, it, it's difficult. It's mm. challenging. Mm. It's intricate. It, you know, there are many sort of layers uh, to it. Um, yes. I think the last uh, conversation is uh, sort of uh, the importance of the healing element. You know, if you've realized that actually I do need help, I keep on having these thoughts. Now, I yes. speak for myself because I am someone that has suffered from depression before. Um, yeah. And I'm currently dealing with anxiety disorder. I'm living with anxiety yes. disorder. So... um. Now, what is the next step for me? If I've decided right, I actually want the healing. Um, what is the importance and significance of, you know, places such as the counseling hub or, you know, going out there and getting the therapy that is needed? I think it's vital and I think it, it, it can change people's life, mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. between death and life. You mm -hmm. know, I think... It, it, you know, and their safety plans, you know, so a place like a counseling hub, Lifeline, SADAC, there are a lot of places in Cape Town, and I can give you those numbers, you know, of SADAC and Lifeline if you don't have them, that, you know, are 24-hour lines that people can call. They're very important spaces, safe spaces, non-judgmental spaces, nature, going for walks, breathing deep, distracting, doing chores. You know, just distracting from those intolerable feelings. Breathe. Just breathe. Just say, okay, I can hear you. You know, I can hear you thoughts. Meditate. Um, have a shower. I know it sounds so every day. One, not all of us have access to all those things and are able to do all those things. But if we can just distract, if we can find support, either in the form of faith, therapy, meditation, um, friends, family, that is the way to go. Open up, open your heart, speak about it. Because the more we don't speak about it, the more suicide we're going to have. So the fact that you could come out with the fact that you feel anxious, 
Mm. You know, it's very important. It, may, it relaxes me, it calms my nervous system. Because I also have severe anxiety. <laughs> How many, you know, wh- why wouldn't we be anxious mm. at the moment? Mm. Mm. Um, I'm going to take it a step further. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. new normal, we are right in the middle of a pandemic, uh, even though a lot of people, you know, human nature, we've gotten sort of used to the idea of wearing a mask, you know, washing our hands and using hand sanitizer. Um, but things yeah. are definitely not normal. You know, it's definitely something no. new. Um, how do we cope, you know, in terms of our well-being, in terms of our emotional, mental well-being? What are, what are some of the things that we should be doing? And, uh, you know, what should we be um, focusing on during these times? I think we need to, you know, talk to ourselves. And when we have that negative talk, and we should put ourselves first. I know that's very easy to say, but if we don't make boundaries and actually care a little bit, even Mm. 10 minutes in a day, you know, to just say, just breathe, just sit quietly, just take note. Let me look at five things around the room that are the same color. Let me see 10 things that are different shapes. Mm. Um, Let me listen to some inspirational music. Mm. You know, let me me talk to someone that I know is really authentic. Mm. Uh, Let me seek out some counseling or some guidance that is going to work for me, that is affordable, that is accessible, where people aren't judgmental, um, so that I can feel better about myself. I deserve to feel better about myself. I am worthy. Write affirmations on the wall. Stick it up on the mirror, Mm. you know, next to your bed. Mm. I am worthy. Definitely. Definitely. I have those. I have those in my um, cupboard yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, they're so important. They you know? are. They We've are. We've got to start liking ourselves. Mm. And, and that's what starts it there. sounds so simple, mm. but that's what suicide prevention is. It's mm. about encouraging people to have safety plans, coping mechanisms. Mm. And we have to learn those. We have to relearn them. And talking about it is the first good step breathing and sharing i think is is a collective good response absolutely wow um thank you so much i didn't expect it to go uh this way and i think um you know (laughs) um you've really rounded it up uh, in in an incredible way where you know we're looking at all different aspects of uh, mental health um suicide as well and uh, just our general well-being you know emotionally and mentally um thank you so much uh, thanks to you you've got such a lovely way of being and I wish you everything of the best. You too. Blessings to you and uh, continue with the incredible work that you're doing at the Council Hub. I'm definitely going to be in contact like I did say before. (laughs) Good. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a lovely evening. You too. Blessings to you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Right, my family, that is our incredible lady um, that goes by the name of Shifra um, Jacobson, um, who is the coordinator of the Counseling Hub, and uh, she is an incredible inspirational um, woman and uh, a woman that is very passionate about well-being as well. Hey, we spoke to Umbaile Kuzwai, who's also passionate about emotional well-being, and, you know, people getting to a point where, um, you know, they are healed and uh, they're taking on um, interventions that need to be taken, you know. And like I did share before, I am someone that has um, suffered from, you know, deep severe depression before. Um, But I got the help that I needed. And uh, that is my wish that we could all come to a point where we actually realize that there is a problem, you know, here. I'm not um, as maybe, I'm not the way I used to be. And I need help. I need healing. And from there on, you move forward. You get the healing that you need. You speak to people. I love what Shifra said that, you know, you, you try during maybe those moments where you feel as if you, you know, sort of an outer body experience. You speak to someone that's authentic and maybe that person that's authentic that you've identified can actually lead you to a place of healing. You know, they may maybe say, you know what, I love you. You're my sister or you're my brother, but I do feel that you you do need help. You do need to speak to somebody. Um, and that's what it's about, family. You know, we're journeying together in this thing called life. And we need to be honest about ourselves. We need to be honest about the things that are happening around us, especially during these times, which we are facing a pandemic. Everyone has been affected in a different way. Um, and everyone is dealing it in a different dealing with it in a different way. And I think it's important to acknowledge that and it's important to have such conversations. We've got seven minutes to go until the top of the hour. One voice, make a stamp plea coming. Your way. There is radio and radio, and then there is Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Can you hear the difference? Right, family, we do serve a God that is able to restore our health in whatever situation, circumstances that we may be in or whatever issue that uh, we feel that um, we need help with. Remember Isaiah 38 verse 16 to 17, you restored me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. That's the God we serve, family. So even if you've had those thoughts of suicide, even if you feel that, you know what, I'm a sinner um, when it comes to facing the Lord um, because I actually had that thought of taking my own life. Um there is a God that saves. There is a God that wipes every sin away. So today, right now, you can come to him as you are. You can pray right now and say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I want to be your child again. I want to live for you again. I want to do only your will again. There is help out there. Go out, reach out, ask people, speak to people. Um, And God is good after all. Come on, family. Um, we serve an incredible God. There are things that we go through as human beings. We are bound to go through those things. But ultimately, there is a God that loves us. There is a God that puts us first to family in everything. So we might think, mm, no, you know, things haven't gone right. 
but God knows exactly where he's taking you and what he is about to do in your life. William McDowell, show me your face. Two minutes to go until the top of the hour. It has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible show. The Yellow Mike, that's the name of the show. My name is TC and I'm going on out of here. God bless you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.